Hello. Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the friendly confines. And we are joined by the executive producer of Chicago Cubs baseball at 670 to score. We're talking with Herb Lawrence and you can find him on Twitter at E-C-N-E-R-W-A-L-2-3. Herb, welcome to the friendly confines with Chad and Ryan. How you doing? Thanks for having me, guys. I'm doing well. Appreciate it's you good. having me on. Yeah, good to have you. And thanks for taking a few minutes out of your day to uh, chat with us about Cubs baseball. And, uh, Herb, I got to ask your your Twitter handle. What exactly? How did you come up with your Twitter handle? Because it's a lot of letters and two numbers. So, so kind of take me through that if you can. Okay, um, it is just Lawrence spelled backwards. Ah, and the reason why is because I work with a guy named Lawrence Holmes, and so um, I don't. I still to this day, even though I have a different name uh, and a different uh, Twitter handle still get confused for Lawrence Holmes, even though we're two different people do two different jobs. And so I did the Eckner wall thing just because I was tired of getting confused with Lawrence. And actually I, I got a, a check of his one time from our job. And I was like, uh, yeah, this is way too much money. I'm going to call in the, uh, in the uh, HR people and make sure that they know that I'm not Lawrence Holmes. I'm Herb Lawrence and I don't make that much money. And the 23 is just, I was a Robin Ventura fan when I was a, a kid. Gotcha. And I do find the irony in the fact that you are the executive producer of Cubs baseball, but yet you are a diehard White Sox fan. So that is an interesting dynamic, but we appreciate you taking some time to talk about Cubs baseball as we enter here the seventh inning stretch on the friendly confines. So let's jump right into it. Um, Obviously, the big story from game one against the Phillies is the fact that Jake Arrieta returned to Wrigley Field and at times looked uh, a bit uh, like he was going to kind of blow up, but really stayed uh, in the moment and really pitched well overall in the six innings going up against you, Darvish, who probably, for all intents and purposes, may have had one of his best starts of the year. Um, from what you were able to see last night in that pitching matchup, um, what did you kind of take away from what we saw last night between Arietta and Darvish? First, uh, Jake Arietta, he doesn't look like lost a lot. I mean, you know, Kyle Schwarber with the triple early. You could say that that was more of a mistake than the actual triple. Um, I, I just think McCutcheon doesn't know how to play left field correctly in Wrigley Field. He should have gone back to the wall a little bit quicker and not let that ball play him like it did. But, like, when he got in trouble, um, Arietta, I think he had runners on uh, first and second or second and third with, like, no one out or one out, and he got out of that jam. Um, he looked like a vintage Jake. He was uh, pretty filthy, uh, not, you know, his dominant – 2015 Jake, but you know, who else is going to be that? But, um, you Darvish have probably these last two pitches, last two outings have been his best outings as a cup pitcher, which is encouraging, but not great. He had ace and he pitched well, three, any uh, three runs given up in six innings is all you pretty much ask for any pitcher. But I think we want a little bit more from what the Cubs paid for you, Darvish, a buck 26, especially when he's going against the guy that they chose him over. So, you know, it's encouraging for the Cubs to get these type of outings from you, Darvish, back-to-back and hopefully just stack them. And um, the AAA catcher now, Taylor Davis, said that you, Darvish, is coming 
along. Like he caught him a couple times, and every time his starts would come up, he was like, "All right, he's coming to be the guy that we actually expected him to be." So you can see that he's a little bit better than he was earlier in the year. So it's encouraging that for the Cubs and their fans that you Darvish is this guy now than the guy who's walking everybody early in the year. Yep, absolutely. We're talking with Herb Lawrence, executive producer of Chicago Cubs baseball and 670 the score in Chicago, giving us a few minutes here on the friendly confines. Of course, the Cubs lose game one, five to four in 10 innings. Um, it seems like every now and then, or more times than lately, I would say, uh, Herb is the fact that the Cubs seem to be able to battle back in late innings, but once again, the bullpen just continues after, after actually for a while, it looked like it, things had started to kind of smooth over. Now we're starting to see the warts of that bullpen and, and it's an overworked bullpen to say the least. Um, is this something that just is going to continue to be a struggle for this team until Theo makes the move to try and find a dominant closer? Initially, it's Theo's fault for relying. Well, when I when he signed Brandon Morrow, I said that was a mistake because when I was in San Diego, Brandon Morrow was in there for, I think, one year. Um, and then he went to the Dodgers. And I just looked at his whole career. He's never pitched over 70 innings. And that's what they were banking on. As a closer, you're expected to pitch, I think, a minimum of 70 innings as, a, as you're the lockdown closer of a team. So that was a mistake initially last year for signing him. And then this year for relying on him coming back in May, that's a pipe dream. I mean, they knew his injuries. He had a setback, and he's probably not going to pitch this year. Secondly, to not even think about, I think it's an organizational philosophy to not pay big-time prime closers. They let um, Davis go a couple of years ago because they knew his number was going to be good, too high. They let Araldis Chapman go after the World Series. They knew his number was going to be way too high. And then to not even look at, inquire about Craig Kimbrell was a big-time mistake. He's statistically one of the best pitchers of all time, uh, closers. I think he even has better numbers to his, to his point than Marion Rivera has. So they might have saw last year where he had a couple flaws, but still uh, uh, something to go in and say, hey, Craig Kimbrell, this will be the final piece to what we're trying to add bullpen issues last year. And we can see this year early, real trouble with bullpen issues. They, you know, that stemmed the tide a little bit. They had an excellent bullpen for like the middle of April until the middle of May. And then people get tired and you get injuries, injuries to stroke and you get injuries to Mike Montgomery who finally came back. Those things keep on coming. You got to put guys like Ryan out there all the time. Brandon Kinsler out there all the time. You saw the good outing from C-Sheck, but he pitched 27 pitches. That's way too much for a guy. Of his, of his caliber, so he couldn't pitch last night. And so you got guys coming out there who are not ready to close, not ready to end out games. So, yeah, it's the fault of Theo for not seeing the foresight of his heirs. He's, for whatever he's good at picking position players and some free agents, he strikes out a lot on the bullpen, strikes out a lot on free agent bullpen guys. And I don't know why his philosophy is to not sign these long-term guys, but when you see a champion out there like Craig Kimbrough, he has to find it. He has to seize the time after the uh, the amateur draft where they don't have to give up a, comp a comp uh, compensatory pick for K Craig Kimbrough after that and see if they can get Craig Kimbrough in here for maybe a, a half a season or if, if the he doesn't feel like 
dedicating all that money for a long four or five year contract, maybe two, three, two, three year contract for Ken Craig Kimbrough. Just see what he's asking for because this can't go on. Their bullpen's like in the middle of the road right now. They can't be the World Series contenders that they think they want to be if they don't have a, a solidified bullpen. Yeah, you're 100% right about that. No, that needs to be addressed uh, at the trading deadline, no doubt. Um, one other big story that you know we need to keep a watchful eye on is Javi Baez, who uh, tweaked his ankle in the final game against the Nationals on Sunday night. He didn't play on Monday against the Phillies. He's going to be out of the lineup in Game 2 against the Phillies. Um, from anything that you're hearing right now, what is this more of just kind of a day-to-day injury? Uh, what is the team saying about when we can expect Baez back in the lineup, if at from my understanding it's just a day-to-day injury and it's uh maintenance now too because he played pretty much every single game he had to get a break um last week but he's played all these games in a row for this team and this is just a minor injury around kumar our broadcast said you know for time to time an infielder especially if he's doing a play like javi was a do or die barehanded uh throwing off one foot type of play with a little slick grass in washington um, you get those type of uh, rough uh, heel injuries and uh, tweaks to your ankle. So just maintenance right now. Don't want to uh, exasperate the problem tonight. It's a cold, rainy night in Chicago, so probably not the greatest day to have him out there. Uh, I see him in the lab either Wednesday or Thursday. Temperatures are going to be much better those two days. So And, you know, Javi's not the guy to just be out of the, the lineup. And if he was out of the lineup for extended time, I think they would already – but I, what I, the indications I'm getting is that it's a day-to-day thing. He'll be back in there when he's ready to go, 100%. All right. We're talking with Herb Lawrence, the executive producer of Chicago Cubs Baseball and 670 The Score. And, again, you can find Herb on Twitter at ECNERWAL23. That's Lawrence spelled backwards uh, because he doesn't want to confuse anybody with Lawrence Holmes, understandably so. Herb, mm-hmm. thanks so much, buddy, for a few minutes here on the Friendly Confines. We so appreciate it. We would love to have you back on the program uh, sometime down the line this year if uh, you're willing to do it. Thanks again for the time. Anytime. Thank you for having me. You got it. Just a game, for I've seen other teams and it's never the same. When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're a field. The first time you walk into Wrigley.